0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wiltfong. And this this one feels kind of strange because I'm actually here with my Bear and Bounce co-host, JB. And he's usually, you know, steering the ship here when it's the two of us talking. But today it's my show. And and so I want to say, JB, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. My hands are off the controls, so I'm not <laughs> going to do anything from, from here on. Uh, I am happy to be a, another a repeat guest on T-Formation Conversation. I, I know.
1: The, the reason we're doing it this way is because
2: I wasn't at camp today. I'll be at
1: camp tomorrow and I'll be at camp on Saturday with you, but I wasn't at camp today. So I want to get your expert take on the kind of stuff you saw in your training camp today down in House Hall. But before we get into the stuff that happened on the field, between the lines... I got to ask you, how was the, the overall vibe down there? Because last year it was at Hallis Hall, but yeah, there was excitement of Justin Fields. But we all knew it was Andy Dalton, the QB1. No matter what happened in camp, it was Dalton was going to be the guy, Fields the backup. This year, new vibe. So, so how was it from, from your perspective being in camp?
2: Yeah, it was great. I, last year, I felt like uh, the attendance was down because they really messed up the ticketing, right? If you remember, they had kind of the lottery system. A lot of people signed up for a bunch of days. They only got one day. And then a lot of people just didn't go. You know, We tried on Twitter to help reallocate tickets, move some from people that couldn't use them into people that could. I mean, I, it just didn't happen enough to, yeah. to fill the stands. Today, stands are filled. Last year, you had this sinking feeling that this wasn't going to work. You, know, you, you just had... Some odd decisions by George McCaskey. You had uh, odd decisions by Matt Nagy. You know, Justin Fields wasn't getting reps, right? So last year just had this weird kind of like ho-hum feeling. This year, man, I mean, this is Justin Fields' team on the field, off the field. The, The crazy number of number one jerseys at, at the at house hall today, I, I called it a, an army of one jerseys. I mean, it was just, it was, it was insane. I, I was standing uh, on the pathway and there were eight people, uh, eight young men, uh, young, you know, teenage kids, whatever, walking down the path, all of them had bears jerseys on. And at some point they all kind of, uh, I could see all eight of them at the same time. It was one, 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 <laughs> one. The only difference was one of the guys had the away jersey. The other seven had the home jerseys. It was insanity. And every time Justin Fields did anything, there was this, you know, eyes glued on the field uh, you know, everybody's holding their breath and then Trevor Simeon come in or Nathan Peterman come in and they just kind of look away and they do do something else. Like it was all about Justin Fields. They have a superstar.
1: Can you imagine what'll happen in this in in this city if Justin Fields is good? Like exactly. Oh my God! I mean, it's like I mean, I, I'm pretty old. I've never seen a legitimate franchise quarterback for my favorite team in my life. You know, I mean, it's like, can you imagine Justin Fields if he actually lives up to the hype? If he lives up to all the potential, this town would go nuts for that guy.
2: Yeah, and and it's not just. It's driven by the younger generation. I mean, I, that was pretty clear. But the the sense was all uh, shapes, sizes, ages. Like age, everybody was just behind this this young man, and so it's it's very exciting. To see what he can do, and and his presence on the field, he does look like he he owns this team. He runs this team, so it was good to see.
1: That's what you want to see, definitely out of your franchise quarterback. So so let's get into the stuff on because, like I said, I want to bring you on because you were there today. Uh, You were at house all this morning. You took in the whole practice, and Twitter was a buzz because Tevin Jenkins was not practicing. Now, was there anything going on there? Did you hear anything when you're at Hal Hall? I know there's some stuff came out after the fact, but like, what was your initial reaction when you heard that no Tevin Jenkins today?
2: Yeah, sometimes you're, you just don't see somebody, right? And so, and sometimes that's hard. You're like, oh, hey, there's uh, Schofield. Oh, hey, uh, you know, there's Riley Reef. That's good to see. Hey, Cody Whitehair is there. Yeah, Cody Whitehair looks pretty good, right? And so you're seeing these linemen all kind of line up. And uh, I was like, where's where's Jenkins where is he and he just he just didn't show up he wasn't there again there's a lot to try to take in and camp um but I didn't really find out exactly what was what was going on with Tevin Jenkins so it just his his absence was notable um but it it, you know you move on
1: so so it came out I guess at some point um you know I, I literally just got home Minutes before we went live here. So I was in the train commuting. I was actually listening to our, our new podcast while I was on the train, uh, Making Monsters with Taylor Dahl and and, and and Dylan Ryan. That was a, a nice show. So I didn't get a chance to go through too much Bears news, but I did see that apparently Tevin Jenkins woke up with something wrong. Uh, back stiffness, you know, that's, of course, the, the Twitter speculation. Who knows? I mean, this day and age, if you wake up and you have a cold or, or some sort of stomach ache or something, Right away, it's oh my god! Does he have COVID? Let's be cautious. Let's get him tested. So who knows what happened with him? But you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't act like it was a big deal. So I'm assuming he's going to be fine. Um But he wasn't the only missing uh, offensive lineman because also during the practice at some point, uh, brand new center Lucas Patrick exited, what turned out to be a thumb injury. Uh, so uh, did you have a chance much to see Patrick when he was in there? Or did he look okay, or was it just too quick to get a, to get a real feel for what he was like?
2: I, it was it was kind of out of nowhere uh nicholas moriano actually said um hey i don't think patrick's in there anymore and i looked i'm like oh no that's that's kramer and and i there was a, a false start the they, they hey get on the ball get on the ball it's like a, a you know a two minute drill kind of thing they got on the ball they went to snap it and the center didn't snap it back and i was like oh lucas patrick you know that's yeah. on you buddy and then like two minutes later, realized that Patrick wasn't in there. And I was like, oh, that probably wasn't him. That was probably Kramer. And, and so he just kind of exited out of nowhere. I we, we didn't really pick it up right away. It was, you know, we were following Twitter as well and saw, saw a tweet from Brad Biggs who picked it up. And so uh, it wasn't it wasn't something that was. It wasn't a notable notable injury, you know. Certainly, it wasn't like the Ryan Jetta thing down in Tampa. So, oh, that's um, yeah, exactly. So it, it's not like we had one of those situations. But uh, you know, it, I, I did find it interesting that Kramer came in, and it wasn't uh, sliding Mustipher over um, and getting another guard in for Musterfer. So uh, it was Kramer that that filled in with that number two.
1: I wasn't asked about that because in years past, as Bears fans, we've seen the Bears do a, an O-line shuffle, whether it's with white hair going from guard to center, center to guard, whatever it was, or or, or guys kicking inside. So, like you, I, I thought it was interesting that they, that Doug Kramer was the next man up. You know, I mean, there is some more experienced guards in a roster. So I, I was thinking when I first saw the, the news about Patrick that it was going to be must for kicking over. So maybe this tells us that they view – Doug Kramer as more of the center of the future.
2: Yeah, I certainly could be. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell without the pads on. That's always yeah. my caveat with anything O line related. It's that, uh, you know, you don't, you can't really tell. They did keep the same lineup from, OTAs look like the same guys that we were uh, hearing about from from the OTAs where you had you know Braxton Jones with the first team and things like that that won't last forever right yeah. i mean that's 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 going to be Riley Reeves position obviously when he rounds into shape and understanding where where the, the the play calls are at but good to see a young guy get the get those opportunities um but it's it's really tough to tell without pads on you know it's just, it's just more of noting who's in with who like who who's playing when Justin uh, Fields is taking snaps and when they say twos, you know, what does that do and, and changing things out. But it was pretty much what uh, the OTAs had, had delivered to us in terms of information. Oh, you're, do you meet yourself? So, so, so my, my
1: idiotic dog is nonstop barking downstairs right now. <laughs> I don't want it to come through when I'm, when I'm on the potty here. so, but, but anyway, that brings us to some thoughts on the old line. Like you said, you know, there's no pads, right? There's nothing going on here. I mean, they're basically shells. They're in shorts, you know, the, 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 pass pro you get a little better feel because you're doing something, but you know, you can't really tell what's going on here. as far as there's no run block and there's no drive block and there's no combo block and there's no physicality. So it's hard to get a sense in on the old line, but, but like you said, you know, it was the same base, the same group. Uh, it was reef at left tackle a little bit, but Braxton Jones, they get the start today. I saw Correct. Yep. Correct. Now, now, Going forward, we we all think that's gonna be Reefs gonna be the left tackle there. Okay. And then it was it was Borum on the right side with Jenkins gone. It was obviously Borum. Did they work anyone else at that spot at right tackle that you saw?
2: Uh I didn't I didn't pick up on that. I'm sure they did. I mean, there was there was a full two lines, so I'm sure that they were working somebody else. But again, a lot to take in at camp. It would yes, be great definitely. if I could take in everything like <laughs> once. Uh I was trying to give a little bit more uh time to the wide receivers and the DBs given. Uh, that's another, you know, interesting piece of piece of all this. And you can tell maybe a little bit more on those reps because uh, those reps aren't going to change that much when the pads come on. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: we're all assuming if Jenkins is fine, he'll be in the mix at right tackle. Uh, the newcomer Schofield will be in the mix at right guard. You know, just uh, it's going to be fun to watch these guys. Now, the first padded practice is not till I believe next week, correct? So, so tomorrow and then Saturday when we're there, still it's going to be shorts and shells.
2: Yeah. And it's unfortunate for two guys like us who would like to watch some of the line play, but I'm I'm trying to force myself to enjoy the other parts of the game, the seven on seven piece. So that's what I'm, that's what I focused on today. I took notes during seven on seven. Uh, It's a weird universe, you know, for linemen to watch seven on seven because it's like, we're the big guys. Uh, But I'm trying, I'm trying my best.
1: So with no physicality, with with no hitting, you know we're going to see these guys get worked condition wise, and and we saw that today. the 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 Matt Eberflus hits philosophy, of course, stands for hustle, intensity, takeaways, and playing smart. And we saw the hustle part of that stand out today because Coach Eberflus was on some guys for not hustling. Correct.
2: Very early in practice, <laughs> there was there was a play where Eddie Jackson just just didn't hustle. And and he got called out and he got called out specifically. And it was, you know, something to the effect of that's not full speed. Run, run and uh, do it again. Uh, I heard that multiple times. Nice. Uh, so that was fun to hear. And, you know, I mean, you know, I think that that's a nice change of pace. Um, and there was a little later on where, where Eddie got called out for not finishing a rep. And so he had kind of an up and down day he had a couple of standout plays and a couple of splash plays but you know he didn't have that 100 percent effort on every play which is what they're looking for here and and so that he got called out for it when and and I think that's what you like to see
1: well it, it's a mentality it's a change in culture I mean this is the first practice for these these guys too yeah they had some OTAs, but you know the intensity picks up as the offseason goes on and these coaches expect these guys now to be at that level the intense level yeah they're not hitting but they expect that you know at all times right now and it's if if the coach don't see it it's good that they're going to call him out but a lot of people on twitter right away say oh that's eddie jackson lazy he's learning too you know it's it's a culture change it's it's they're not used to this you know balls to the wall you know go all out every single rep, you know, where they're tracking loafs, you know, they're not used to this. It's going to take them some time to get used to it. But I think at, at some point this, this will be the standard and that's, that's the goal.
2: Yeah. And it it does say something that, you know, coach Iberflus is going to be willing to go after an established veteran, a guy that gets paid quite a bit and, you know, hold him accountable to the same level that he holds everybody else. Right. And so there is probably some level of strategic uh, decision-making there by the coach to say, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out by my stars. I'm going to call it out by my rookies and everybody in between.
1: Yeah. And and, then, you know, speaking of stars, I mean, Justin Fields, we talked about at the top of the show. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he's the guy that everyone wants to see. And, you know, he didn't have the best of days. I saw in in, in your notes article, you had him track going uh, five for 10 uh, during one, one one of the team sessions there. So, you know, but Fields to Mooney, that was on display a little bit today at practice.
2: Yeah, I think Mooney looks good. I, I think that he went to him enough, but not over too much, right? Like I think, you know, oh, he, oh, he's just thrown to Mooney. Uh, you know, he a lot of Mooney routes were a little shorter today, and then he had one play over the middle of the field that was like star-level play. Like, I I thought it was going to be a pick. I, I just And then all of a sudden, Mooney just comes into the frame, snatches it out of the air. I think I got a pretty good picture of it. And, and again, we can only take pictures uh, legally at practice. We're not allowed to take yeah. videos. Uh, so if you see videos, those um, we were expressly told to not do that. Yeah. But, you know, good for them. Um, I'm going to follow the rules because that's that's uh, the type of guy that I am. So I, I tried to put a lot of pictures up there. And I think I, I think I got that one. It was a really cool uh play right over the middle of the field and in the middle of traffic. And he Justin Fields made a few of those throws today. A lot of his stuff was pretty short. A lot of it was checked down because the first couple options were covered, which is fine, right? I mean, he, you know, he, you don't want him thrown into traffic in practice because he'll do that in the games, but um maybe not the uh a highlight reel worth of of amazing throws today, but he made some solid throws and a lot of them were to Mooney and Mooney was pretty sure-handed.
1: So, so one thing about the offense, you know, I, I saw some tweets from you and from other guys that, that, that the, the Luke Getze style, the, the Shanahan style offense was on display that, that you guys noticed some, some more out of the pocket bootleg stuff. Is Is, oh, yeah. is that true out there? Yeah
2: yeah definitely you could tell that they were gonna incorporate some play action they they, he booted him out a few times there was one time where he booted out the throw wasn't there so he took off and again no one's gonna hit justin uh in in, you know at all in any of this camp but um you know it was good to see him say okay i don't see it i'm gonna i'm gonna tuck it and run even though um you know he could just as easily try to force a force a pass uh and so you know the willingness to run with that elite speed that he has was good to see too but yeah, they're they're willing to incorporate the things that are going to take advantage of his athleticism and the things that he does well. That's exactly what we want.
1: You know, of course, we can't see the play action game because that hasn't been part of it. With you know, they're they're not live yet. But, but like you said, you know, it's all part of it. It's all the the timing of it getting down. You know, there are certain things they can do in, in seven on seven and eleven on eleven, and, and then even with the uh, the one on one drills. Justin Fields was actually on uh, Bears All Access today on, on the way home. And he was talking about how how important those one-on-one drills are because you get a chance to see them, you know, specifically how they work their routes. And that's good for a quarterback. And, again, we're talking about Justin Fields going into camp. You know, he knows he's the man now. He's getting all these reps. These reps are so critical for him, you know, this whole camp wide because he needs these moving forward.
2: Yeah, and and honestly, I would transition over to Cole Komet if you want to talk about one-on-ones. It. The most impressive one-on-one today was Cole Komet – beating Eddie Jackson with uh Justin Fields as the quarterback. Um kind of a longer route. I think that probably would have been one of those where you know he's kind of maybe under pressure and kind of find it. Uh Eddie kind of gave up on it and that he got called out on that. That was one of those. <laughs> um and then there was a rematch, round two, and it was uh I believe it was Peterman or Simeon I'm, I'm sorry. I can't remember at this point. I have it in the tweet. Might have been Peterman. Um and uh uh Komet just took him deep just just ran up the seam and and beat him pretty clean and uh you know kind of stretched out for a really nice grab it was great and then a little later on in team drills uh justin fields or no this was the seven on seven uh fields found him on his last pass so uh he had not had a great (laughs) seven on seven i think at that point he would, would have been four for nine and the four that he had were all underneath throws and he he went deep um uh, you know, in the middle of the field to to commit and commit came down with it. Honestly, it was the best play of the day. Yeah. And, and so Cole Komet just, just really great in this practice. And so you hope that he's going to start stacking that together. And this this will uh, uh, forecast a really nice year for him.
1: You know, I, I, I've been a little higher on Cole Komet than most. I just like what he brings to the table on the offense. And, you know, today there are a lot of Bears fans that are Cole Komet fans taking victory laps. But, you know, this is one day. You know, still it's it's you know, they're still working on things. Even Cole Komet said at his press conference afterwards that, you know, the offense still is a is a big work in progress. But but you look at Cole Komet down the seam, you know, he he's 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 catching the ball, he's he's six foot five, he's six foot six, he's a big bodied guy. And a lot of fans look at him as he they think he's this lumbering guy. He ran a four seven at the combine. I mean, it's not like the difference in a four-seven and a four six is like really small. Travis Kelsey's a four-six guy. He plays faster. He looks faster on the field. I'm not saying Cole Komet's that. But Cole Komet's not just this uh, this old-school lumbering why. I mean, he has some speed. And if you use him correctly, where you can get him down the seam between zone coverage, that's a great way to use Cole Komet.
2: Tight end is one of the hardest positions to make an impact early. Yes, And so if you're looking at the the trajectory of a tight end, this is when Cole Komet will make a leap if he's going to. And then there's nothing guaranteed, but this is the time that he's going to do that. And so if you want want to still get some chips on Cole Komet, now's the time to put him down because I think the price is going to start going up.
1: 60 catches a year ago i mean he's yeah he's fine he's fine so hey i'm
2: gonna take a quick commercial break here and then we're gonna
1: jump back in uh into some more stuff right after the break
0: what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the G podcast and an entrepreneur myself right now we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship we're answering your questions on work-life balance how to raise capital for your business and more because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prof G-Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prof G-Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And we are back. This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm here with my with my Bear and Balance co-host. You can find him uh, at Squid Iron Born. That's JB, of course. And I'm, of course, at Jr. on the Twitter um, and look, we talked a lot about the, about the offense, but you know, defense probably won the day today. Would you, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, I think they had the upper hand. They looked a little better throughout the practice. Obviously, there's a little bit of give and take, and I and I think what's funny at a training camp practice is that the. The, the crowd always seems to cheer for the offense right yeah. they want they want the offense and it's like well those are our guys making the play over there too so um, it's kind of fun when when a guy makes a good defensive play um there are still a lot of good cheers but I think they overall you want to see the the big throws and the big catches uh, but but I would say that the defense had the upper hand today.
1: So, at the top, we talked about Tevin Jenkins missing practice. You know, it's kind of one of those things that no one knows yet. Also, missing practice today was Thomas Graham Jr., uh, who had been running with the ones at the nickel position. Uh, so, today, it was uh, rookie Kyler Gordon getting a tons of reps at the nickel. A lot of the beat guys were really praising what he did today. A lot, You and, and Sam as well. A lot of the guys were just talking about how, you know, Gordon stood out, and the coaches talked about him again afterwards. And, you know, Kyler Gordon throughout, you know, the OTAs was working outside. But I guess the plan all along was to work him inside as well because they think he's the guy that can do both. Did, did Kyler Gordon pop for you today when, when, when at practice?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it was noticeable, and it was good to see that they're willing to do that and put a lot on his plate and feel comfortable with putting right? – I mean, this is two positions that they're asking this rookie to yeah. understand and know. And if he's able to master both of those, that gives – them so many opportunities to, to shuffle guys around in the secondary, Um, you know, not just with injury things, but you know, Hey, the, this, this opponent that we have uh, has a guy that's really great in the, in the slot and he's a little bigger. And so we don't really like that matchup with Thomas Graham because he's given up too many inches. And so we're going to, we're going to slide Gordon in to try to take him away. I mean, those are really nice things to have. And I think with Brisker, um, it, Dane Krukshank was the uh, the guy on the the roster today. Yeah, uh, you know the the pictured guy on the roster. Strange, right? It is strange, but first day but, camp, that's the guy they picked. It, it was a little, it was a little odd, but if you think about it, the, the now you have a lot of guys in that secondary that maybe you feel comfortable. Uh, moving those pieces around a little bit, and and you're going to play more matchup football. So I'm I was really curious to see if today will lead to a game down the road where we see him uh, maybe line up more uh, or even primarily in the nickel to try to take away a slot receiver down the road. Yeah, I think
1: he has that skill set. And our our WCG colleague Robert Zaglinski he had a tweet earlier today that said maybe they're grooming kyler gordon to be a guy that can kind of move around and off an offense and 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 take the guy that's a better matchup for him like you mentioned with with a guy like graham who's not quite as big you know if if the matchup's better with gordon to the slot he's shown he can do it now maybe this is what they're trying to do here
2: yeah i i think it's a really good insight by robert um I, i came to the same conclusion um as well that that that's really good thinking and we shouldn't be shocked because this is a you know this is a head coach who is a good defensive thinker and if he's he's you know, the first two picks were defensive backs and and they probably have some idea of how they can in a, in a you know to challenge modern offenses you need modern schemes and modern players on the defense and I think that's what Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker represent and I think that you're seeing maybe the 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 initial pieces being shown here that we're going to see come to fruition down the road.
1: You mentioned Brisker. A lot of talk about Brisker, you know, through the through the offseason and, and the stuff he did at Penn State was that he's a he's a, a guy they can play in the box. Right. He, he does more than that though. He can cover oh, too. Yeah. I mean, he he he's a he is a a good all-around athlete. He's a good all-around safety. Um, yeah, that the pairing with Eddie Jackson makes more sense to have Brisker kind of go up, up because you know he is a little more physical. But let's let's not take away his coverage skills too. So you mentioned Gordon. You know, uh, Brisker, Jalen Johnson at the other corner, Eddie Jackson, as much as he gets criticized, he, he can cover. So the secondary goes from last year was a train wreck. And now this year you're like, man, there's some pieces there. These guys could probably be one of the, one of the better you know, uh, uh, groups on the entire team.
2: I think with with Gordon allowing you to maybe go into nickel in certain situations with Brisker and Cruikshank allowing you to play big nickel where you have three safeties on the field at the same time. One of the best defensive plays today was Eddie Jackson came off the edge out of nowhere, came off the edge and, and, and had a pressure on a blitz. And I was like, okay, like this just might be, you know, the first sign that this is going they're going to this is going to be the strength of the team. And they're going to use this as, in as many creative ways as possible to to mess with opposing offenses. And I'm just—I mean, again, it's one practice; it's the first practice that we're able to see. But I—I I was left thinking, man, I'm really excited about this secondary.
1: You know, I saw I saw that the tweet when you when you mentioned with Eddie Jackson off the edge, and you know, a lot of Bears fans right away look at this and say, that's not the Tampa two. Well, this is not the Tampa two. You know, the Tampa two. It's it's an evolved version of the Tampa too. So you know Eddie Jackson last year thrived when he was up playing in the slot as 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 a as a nickel, so to speak. He thrives in that coverage area. So if you bring him up, that's where he's been comfortable. He can do that. You know teams have seen him do that. Now you blitz him off the edge, and if you trust your other guys, you have with Brisker, you know back. It opens things up for that defense.
2: You look around the league and there's plenty of guys that are doing that, right? Tyron yeah. Matthew, uh, Buddha Baker, right? They're, they're got, uh, you know, Jamal Adams as a, as a, as a safety walking down in the box and, and coming Kevin off Collins, the edge, right? A lot of um, these guys. Yeah. yeah. And so why not bears, right? Like why not us? <laughs> why can't we see <laughs> some of this happen in Navy and orange? And I, and I, so yeah, I'm getting pretty excited. I think having a, a defensive guy that is going to, push the envelope and be creative. Uh that could be a lot of fun. I'm I'm all for it. Let's use what we have to to the best advantage for the Bears. All right. So we're, we're I'm
1: gonna preface this again. This is the first, first day. Play. Yep. The, the, the first day when the fans are there. But in your opinion, who was the best player you saw on offense today?
2: Uh, Cole Komet. Um that's, that's I I, I think he just had the best I just just stood out to me as having a great day, you know, uh you know separation away from Eddie Jackson, which was really impressive. Uh, and then coming down with that ball in the middle of, of double coverage. And uh, I just, yeah, I mean, just stood out. I mean, three great catches and, you know, without those, Justin Fields has a terrible day. Yeah. Um, so with those, um, you know, you can kind of say, yeah, Justin did okay.
1: You just used Cole comet and separation in the same sentence.
2: I know uh, from Eddie Jackson, who's not exactly a small, uh, 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 you know, a, a slow guy. Right. So I, he played well, all right. He had a good practice.
1: That clip was on Twitter. I mean, like you mentioned, you know, you can't f- film it, but the people film it, so so it was on there, and it did look like he put a nice little move on A. Jackson. You know, part of that is because you know these receivers under Nagy wasn't they weren't allowed to do certain things that I think <laughs> right. they could thrive at. You know, I think with this new regime, the the little nuanced double moves, I think it it, it might it might make a make a difference this season
2: yeah and i think it was it was a double move there was there was a couple times where a guy did like a triple move kind of you know and it was like okay that's not ever that's gonna not actually yeah. happen in a game <laughs> you know like once i see that i'm like okay i'm I'm ignoring that rep and most of that was guys down down the board right these these are guys that are uh you know 78th on the on the roster yeah. kind of guys uh, i saw that a little bit I, I just kind of ignore that stuff but that was a legitimate route that he ran
1: Okay. Uh, let's let's flip it over. Let's go. Best player on the defensive side of the ball. I, this was.
2: might surprise you, but um, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so he had a really nice pass breakup early. Um, it was on the far side of the field. He had a had a good pass breakup, and he got up and kind of did a dance. Um, and like, guy had some moves, and I was like, all right, that's kind of fun. Got the defense was really into it, and then uh, he had a pick. Uh, really nice pick kind of laid out for it and got up and then ran it back and and then he like they celebrated the end zone and i just was like all right like i mean guy makes plays that's what you have to do when you're you know that guy on the roster uh to, to get some notice and so i i have to give him uh his props today because he, he you know he had two great plays and um really stood out to me
1: there was someone in, in our Twitter mentioned saying that he's a, a Cornhusker guy, and he said Lamar Jackson's a real deal. I mean, he hasn't had a chance to show up much in the NFL. I think he was with the Jets a little bit. Uh, as a rookie, he played, I think, you know, most of their games. But, you know, the Jets, you know, a couple of years ago were, were really bad. So, you know, last year he was a practice squad guy, but, you know, he's six foot two. You know he's got some size to his game. He's, he's he seems like he's he's physical from the stuff I watched. I remember when he was coming out as, as a UDFA. I think it was EJ talked about him a little bit. And I mean, someone there's going to be a, an unheralded guy that comes out of nowhere. That you know, as fans, that we you know we all like. Oh, that's that, that's the next guy. But I mean, it's going to happen. We see with teams all 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 the time around the NFL. Guys you don't expect to be players just become players.
2: And that's and that's what opportunity gives you right like if you had veterans stacked all over the roster, then you wouldn't have those opportunities You wouldn't have those reps available for younger guys to maybe take advantage of that opportunity right and so you have a lot of young guys, and that's like you mentioned, Taylor's show. Um, you know, it's going to be focused all on these first contract guys. There's potential for a lot of those first contract guys to be a major core piece of of this of this program going forward, and so you get to see the early stages of that, and that's what's really fun, right? Now, now Lamar Jackson might get cut next week. Who know? Yeah. Like, we don't know any of this stuff, um, but you know, you see something like that guy makes a couple plays. And that can build some positive momentum and maybe earn a roster spot for the guys. So again, you, you know, you, you, have to take each practice for what it is, but over the scope of what we're available, uh, able to see over the next dozen practices in the next, you know, four or five weeks, I think we can start to see and uh, who's going to step up and who's going to be part of this team long-term.
1: Nice. So I, I do want to ask you now, but you had, you had a, a breakfast tweet this morning yeah. at, at, at Robbie Gold's uh, best uh best bagel restaurant was this uh in Vernon Hills there or where was it at
2: um i, I don't really i'm sorry i'm going to expose myself for not under, knowing the chicago okay. suburbs very well it's um, lake
1: county i'm what was the name of it big it apple
2: Bi- big apple bagels i, I think uh, that's
1: vernon hills right
2: there there well no it was south i mean it's south okay. of where i'm at so um i mean there might be multiple locations yeah, but probably. uh there were there was no one there when I got there. I just, I was was like, Oh, this looks like a good bagel shop. Um, I pulled up, there's no one there. Uh, it's like a dead parking lot. And, and I I get in there, I'm like, all right, we'll see, you know, uh, ordered, uh, locks, uh, which is what I always order at a bagel shop. And, um, I look up and there's Robbie Gold, uh, well not literally, but there's a, a the picture, picture of him now. and then it's, it's framed and he has signed it. It says best bagels in town. So it, it, I haven't had a bagel in a long time and it was, and it was good. So I would, I would concur that, you know, it's, it's a good bagel shop, but, um, I don't know much more than that. <laughs> you know, just I just randomly I, found it.
1: And then I got to ask you, you know, cause you are from Iowa. So what'd you have for lunch today?
2: Anything uh- exciting? <laughs> Um, what I, we went out to, uh, a, a pub in Libertyville because that's, uh, like Sam's, yeah. uh, uh, stomping grounds. And, and was I it just, Bill's pub by chance? No, it was, uh, um, okay. oh, shoot. Sorry. Uh, that's I can't okay. remember now. Uh, okay. but the the everybody liked their food um i had a pale ale so everybody can be proud of me for for not uh drinking a dark stout beer it was
1: nothing uh, with but, chocolate in it or no no it. no okay, just okay. just a,
2: just a pale ale so uh that that was good and then uh tomorrow uh we should go do something more chicago-ish because i mean i can get a brew pub anywhere
1: yeah, I, I need to get a a Thai and beef or something. I mean, I I I live locally. I live in Kenosha, right over the border. It's not like it's it's hard to get, but you know, it's I don't I don't do it often. So I think uh, tomorrow for lunch we're gonna have to take in something uh, something more uh, Chicagoy. I'm in. Okay, All right, sounds good. And that is, uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you the last thought. Any more thoughts before I I, I sign this off?
2: No, I'm you know excited to take it in tomorrow with you, and and we'll see you know who else pops out, and you know just keep building on this narrative, and um, you know I, I think is if we can get as many people on, and we you know we'll cover the first three practices, and then we'll try to keep getting people on to help us uh, understand what's happening at camp, and help understand uh, this first part of the Eberflu story. It's fun, it's fun,
1: but that is it. This is T for Mitch's conversation. Once again, you guys can follow JB at Gridiron Born. Give me a follow on Twitter at Jr. You can follow the site at WC Gridiron. You can also follow our uh, YouTube channel at Second City Gridiron. So all the socials are there. Make sure you subscribe, link, follow, whatever it is. And uh, until next time, bear down, my friends.